Welcome to the Jamaica Basketball Project. My name is Rick Turner, head coach of the Jamaica National Basketball Team, and I'm so excited today because um, I'm I'm back doing this, and it's it's been a couple of weeks at least since I've seen you last, and it's always fun to uh, to get on here and kind of catch you guys up on what we're doing, and 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 for those of you that are are just getting introduced to who we are. Um, we started doing this right kind of when the when the pandemic hit as just kind of a way to cure the boredom as well as introduce us and, and, and uh, create some awareness for what we're doing. And what we're trying to do is make history. We're trying to send a Jamaica basketball team to the Olympics for the first time ever. And um, I think we have the tools to do it and uh, what we lack is resources. And so this kind of started out as, as a way to, uh, as I said, create awareness and just let people know what we're doing and who we are and, and what it's gonna take for us to reach our goals. And uh, we've set the Paris 2024 Olympics as a goal. And, um, and we think we can get there. But um, lots of great stuff going on. Uh, Nick Richards uh, is in the G League right now and uh, just played today and what he had uh, 21 points nine rebounds uh, against the fort wayne g league team and romaro gill is uh, playing in that orlando bubble in the g league and a couple days ago uh, he's starting for utah and uh, he had 14 points and a, and a handful of rebounds and those of you that are uh, following kofi coburn at illinois you know that he's up to about 17 18 19 double doubles now their team is uh slated to be a number one seed if they can kind of hang on they're in the top four and with a huge win over michigan and then we got guys spread all over the world uh, playing in in europe in spain in france and in italy and south america so just lots of exciting things ahead for jamaica basketball and uh, we kind of created this page to um like I said, to, to create awareness, but it's not just about Jamaica. It's not just about basketball. And I think um, I'm super excited about my guest uh, today because one of the things that is, as I've sort of muddled through this, um, this experience of creating this YouTube channel, um, I'm just kind of teaching myself. And I also happen to be a really hack guitar player. And so I sit around um, in my spare time and scroll through the internet and find uh, YouTube videos of uh, people that, uh, that teach guitar. And one of the guys I stumbled across is a guy named Ryan Lent, and he's my guest today. And before I bring him on, I'm just going to give you a, a small example of, of who he is and kind of what his channel is about. And some of you may be here from his channel that, that are already fans. Um, but uh, I'm going to give you a little taste of, of, of what Ryan has, uh, has been doing on his channel. Welcome to Softball Sunday, everybody, and day two of Four Days of Santeria. Given it's Softball Sunday, I thought the campfire version would be the perfect choice for today. To five, And also, you notice I pluck the open G string in there sometimes. I'll try to, like, make a funny face when it happens. <laughs> Right, the E-shaped bar chord. 
bar chords are where people stop playing guitar. So if you can just power through this thing, which is not a small thing, it's a big thing, but if you can power through this thing, well then gosh, you can do anything. So no matter how frustrated you get, heed those words. Here we have a little chord chart. Note is what Neil Young does at the end of the E section. Of course, we have our E suspended four. Regular E followed by two ways to do this. I didn't bother to check which one was right. They both get the same basic thing done, and you might prefer one over the other, and who am I to tell you what you should and should not do? There he is. <laughs> Ryan, how you doing, man? Really great. Thanks for having me. Man, you got me excited. Well, all that exciting basketball yeah. news this is more exciting than I could even anticipate. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. This is It's funny because um, I've been doing these, like I said, pretty much since almost a year ago. I I started this right at the end of end of March, and I've talked to a lot of people, and and I got to tell you, I'm more excited to talk to you than I have any of those basketball people or or anyone else. Call me a, a geeky guitar guy or or what, but it's funny. I don't know whether this is all of a sudden nowadays people become like celebrities on YouTube. Are are you can you do people recognize you when you're out on the street? That that has never happened. No, and and for the record, I don't consider myself a celebrity. I also don't watch my own videos. That was that was funny. That montage that you put together was a very good celebrity. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> well, you know, I had about what six hundred to go through in order to come up with those clips. How many have you put out? I believe we're at a thousand and twenty ish right now. Oh, geez. Yeah, I started counting and I got up over 500 and I'd lost track and I'm like, I'm not going to start over. I'll just ask him. <laughs> how did how did this start, man? Like, did you set out to do a YouTube channel or or did it just sort of happen? Yeah, I would say I would say closer to the it just sort of happened answer. Um, that that's the short story. The long story is God, there's so many ways to tell this story. There's so many ways to tell this story. I'll, I'll, I'll just tell the moment the moment I decided I was going to do it. Um, I remember it exactly because I was at a Matt Nathanson concert, and I am a closet Matt Nathanson fan. He's my secret <laughs> second favorite artist. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. And uh, I was at and, and I was I had a music school in the Bay Area, California, where I taught so many kids for so many years that I couldn't walk through town without running into sixteen people I knew because I was the <laughs> guitar dude for all the kids after school and it was the best time ever anyways i was at a matt nathanson concert many towns away um in the south bay whereas my school was in the east bay and now it sounds like i'm doing dr seuss poems the east east, <laughs> east and so forth. um but uh i ran into one of my uh students moms um at the concert and she said ryan why aren't you up on stage and and i thought i thought yeah why aren't I up on stage? So the the very next day, and my thinking behind it was, speaking of the 1,000 videos thing, my, my thinking behind it was, and to bring it back to my beloved Pearl Jam, yeah, you cannot you cannot on purpose become what Pearl Jam what what Pearl Jam is. You know, Pearl Jam is so deep in the hearts of, of so many people, and it was a perfect storm of, you know, the time and what happened, and 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 it was a perfect storm of many things um, on the spot here. That's my answer there. So you can't do that on purpose. But my thought was, what if I, through consistent effort, 
could I could I Matt Nathanson on purpose? And and that's not to say anything about where who feels where Matt Nathanson or, or whatever. I look up to him as a songwriter and a singer, and I think and an entertainer because um, he's a funny guy too. But the the thinking was, what if I just what if I just post one video a week? Could could I on purpose kind of gain an audience? Which is what I mean by on purpose, Matt Nathanson. Could I could I gain an audience? And so it started with one video a week, and then you start to get little comments here and there and some encouragement and that's really fun. So one video became two videos and two videos became three videos. And this is about, we're almost five years in now. It'll be in June will be my five year channel anniversary. So that's a lot of videos per year. Um, and, and so that, that's how it happened. And so at no point did I sit down and say, I'm going to make a living on YouTube. That was never the thought. In fact, the first time I turned on the, the ads on the videos was a February, the second February I was in business and, you know, I probably had like yeah. 500 subscribers or something. Um, and I thought that was a lot. <laughs> that was yeah. a lot. And, uh, and I earned half a cent that day and I was so freaked out that I, I felt like it was wrong. I felt like it was illegal somehow. There's got it. And that half a cent was my favorite half a cent I've ever earned. And man, I'll just never forget that. I have it laying around here somewhere. <laughs> well, I should, I should start uh, by just, welcoming and saying hi to Ruthie and Kara and Anam and uh, or they're the same person I guess. Um, I'm just looking at the comments here. All Ryan fans who came to watch you today. Um, I can't believe it's only been five years because of the, all the hairdos I've seen in just that short time. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm a chameleon. No, I was surprised myself there. there. And now we got the beard here. So that's a new one too. Um, but, but yeah. <laughs> So at what point did you, so you, you like thought you were going to try to make a go at making money on YouTube. That was kind of the, the, the sitting down, the Matt Nathanson part of it, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to put something out once a week and I'm going to turn it into an income. I never, ever, ever sat down and thought I'm going to turn it into an income. The only thing, because listen, when you start doing something for money, it instantly becomes less fun. Do you yeah, agree? I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah, for the very most part. So so when I started, I, I, I set down two simple rules. The first rule was I'm going to do it just to do it, just for the fun of doing it. And the second one was I'm going to keep doing it for 10 years, and I'm not going to stop for 10 years. And at the end of 10 years, I will sit down and decide if this is worth continuing to do. And the reason I picked 10 years is a Tony Robbins quote, who and, and um, it, it is, that a, that a person, that people overestimate what they can accomplish in one year, but they underestimate what they can accomplish in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I decided not to even think about it, just to just do it, just to do it. And all the things that they're making money and, and, this, and, and so forth, those just kind of came along naturally. Yeah, that's funny. And that's a great quote. And I, it makes me think about what we've been doing because we really have been at this about a year and a half now. And I've never, from my own, you know, career, from a basketball standpoint, I've never felt like basketball was something you tried to make money off. It just like if you, if you fell into one of those very few jobs that actually pay, um, that's great. But um, especially for kids, I don't like charging kids. We've been doing the camps in Jamaica and Haiti for, for free. You know, we don't charge kids to do it because I don't think kids should pay to play basketball any more than they should pay to play guitar. 
you know. So, but but that's that's great, and and it's sort of motivating when you think, yeah, if we're able to if we're able to kind of stick this out for the Tony Robbins ten years, who knows what you know, who knows where we'll be. Right, and part of that it's really important to um, moderate your up your internal ups and downs because if you define your happiness by, you know, how much if if X Y or Z happened, you're going to have the wind sucked out of your sail. But if we say that's going to happen by accident. If I just keep doing this with the yeah. ardor with which I'm doing it, then it's more likely to happen, I think. I think. Yeah. Well, I've talked about this on the channel before. I'm always sort of attracted to people that have great passion. And that was one of the things that always attracted me to this position uh, in Jamaica is because the people in the country um, are just, they're passionate about everything whether it's music or food or sports or politics or whatever, you know, whatever it is that, you know, they wear it on their sleeve. And one of the things I love about your channel is your passion for music and your passion for teaching comes through um, so brightly. And I got to imagine that it's just something you look forward to hitting you know, start or on or however you get that those videos going every single time. Yeah, I love teaching. I, I love I, I never I didn't even become a guitar teacher on purpose, but it's funny how the right thing finds you. Right. And I love, love teaching. I, I can't even tell you. It's it's what I was born to do. And and I love Pearl Jam and music also. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly Pearl Jam. And so so there. So, yes, I, I, I adore every second of it. Yeah. Yes. So my, um, I can't put a date on it. Let's say, let's just say um, 1992, maybe 93. I lived with, I lived with three girls and, you know, one of them I ended up marrying, but this is besides the point of the story. The, the three girls, they went to, and you might, you might, um, I think you might know this, but they went to a free concert in Seattle um, called Drop in the Park. And there was a band there named Pearl Jam playing, who I had never heard of. And I didn't go. I wish so much I did. Yeah. And um, they went to it and they came back raving about this band, how great it was. And I had no respect for their musical tastes. So I just, I just poo-pooed it, you know? But I kind of I kind of liked one of the girls and I was working for the Seattle Sonics and I was at a game and uh, someone said to me, hey, those two guys over there are in that new band of Pearl Jam. I, you know, again, I hadn't heard them. I didn't know anything about them, but I thought it would be funny to go get an autograph and then give it to this to my roommate. And um, so I walked up to him, introduced myself. And it was Eddie Vedder and Jeff Amon. And they ended up signing their ticket stub. And I ended up taking it home and, and giving it to her. But that was the start of a, of a bit of a friendship because those guys were huge Sonic fans, right? And so then I became kind of the go-to tickets guy with, <laughs> with Jeff and Eddie and their, their manager. And they would call me when they wanted to go to games. This was before they could afford the courtside seats and everything. And then I'll wrap up a, a, a way too long of a story. I was moving about a year ago and going through my garage 
and I found that ticket. I should <laughs> I should post it, but so I've got this ticket from the Sonics Houston game 1993 with Eddie Vedder and Jeff Amon's signature or autograph signature autograph on the back, and uh, so yeah, that's and and then my first guitar. So then I quit the Sonics in '97, and and got a guitar, and the first song I learned was Elderly Woman. Nice. Right? Good choice. And so basically, I haven't got much better since then. <laughs> so, you know, I know, the, I know the, the D, the C, and the G, and that's, you know, that's, I play every song with those three chords. That's all you need. Yeah. How did you end up be, becoming a Pearl Jam fan? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's it was, um, it was sixth grade, and I had been playing the uh, the trumpet. I've got I've got a bugle here, just to prove that I like the trumpet. Here's my bugle. <laughs> Would you like to hear yeah. a bugle? Would you like to hear a bugle song real quick? Yeah, please. I, I've been practicing here. It's the it's the wake up one. <laughs> You're hired. Yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> the Jamaican National uh, uh, Music Squad. I'm yeah, in. Can you I'm learn the anthem? Count me in. Oh, you can only you can only play so many notes on a bugle. That's the problem. But the, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have the vowels. So in six. So yeah. So in sixth grade, my, uh, you know the cool kid in school. Oh, I had been playing the trumpet like a madman for a few years. It was my favorite thing. I'd never even conceived of the notion of rock and roll. This is 1994. And uh, and uh, never heard a rock song in my life, but the cool kid in in school, his name was uh, Rob Broderick, and he's still a cool. He's still a cool guy. <laughs> he's, still he he cool said, kid. yeah, he said that everyone had to buy Vitology, so I dutifully bought Vitology. It was my first. Uh, it was my first rock album that I owned. Uh, I listened to classical music like nobody's like nobody's B, and uh, I put it in the stereo, and I thought. Oh, this is terrible. Why would anyone listen to this? I don't want to listen to this. The cool kid in school, you know, said, and so I kept listening to it. And 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 one time when Nothing Man was playing, I found myself singing along and I thought, I like this song. Nothing, nothing man. I like this song. And that was the only uh this is the only CD I own. So I listened to it over and over and over and over and over again. And then I uh went to go get some guitar lessons because because all the cool kids were now starting to take guitar lessons in sixth grade. So I got me some guitar lessons and we would, you know, do a song and and I, and I had to bring the CD because that's, of course, there's no other way to to bring the music. Right. But I only own yeah. one CD. And after, you know, the fourth Vitology song that we that we did. <laughs> I love that song. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Tremor Christ. <laughs> the fourth Vitology song we did, he told me that I couldn't just be the Pearl Jam King. And then I needed to learn some other people's music. And I was, you know, 12 years old. I was embarrassed, ashamed. You know, I didn't even know. I couldn't even name another band. So I, I so I promptly stopped taking guitar lessons. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how that's that's how I came to like Pearl Jam. And then I, I learned how to play the guitar by just pulling up the tabs, you know, correct or incorrect. It doesn't matter what you're learning right or wrong. Whether you're learning to do something, you're learning to play the guitar, whether it's correct or not. So yeah. that's how I learned to play the guitar. I just turned on Pearl Jam songs and with the tab, and I tried to do it, and that's how I spent a long time. 
Now I saw I saw one of your videos. You had a Stone teach a song. How did that's, that come about? Stone Stone taught us life wasted. That's right. So yeah. so yeah. So back um, a couple of winters ago, in 2018. They did the boss. They did. They did the stadium shows, and I saw them in Boston um, for that one on the first night, anyways, um, in 2018. And then around Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving, the show was at late August. So a couple of months later, I got a text message that said, uh, "Hey, just out of the blue, just you know, just a number I didn't know. It said, uh, Hey, Ryan, this is this is Stone Gossard. Would you like to come to the Chris Cornell tribute show?'" Uh, I've been learning his songs from you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. How do you end up with your number? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> when Stone Gossard texts you out of the blue, you don't ask how he ended up with your number. <laughs> yeah, how did you get this number? Yeah, no, I did not ask that. I said, this is not Stone Gossard. That's what, that's what I said. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think he probably just Googled me and my music school was my cell phone numbers and it was on Yelp. There's only one place on the internet where my phone number is and it's on Yelp. Oh, so okay. that, that's my best guess. Yeah. So how, when you look back on the very first video you did yeah, and to where you've come with it now, what, like what stands out as, I mean, were you nervous the first time? Or were you really like, yeah, this is okay. I can, I can do this. This is pretty good. Or I got to get better. Where were you there? Yeah. So, I mean, really comfortable with uh, like teaching and speaking to a person, given that I did nothing but teach music lessons for 10 years before I turned on the camera for the first time. But, yeah. the, but the instant I turned on the camera, I felt really ridiculous. <laughs> I thought like, this is, this is embarrassing. I'm going to put this up and nothing's going to happen. I mean, that thought entered my mind, right? Yeah, I can relate but I had committed, right? So, so, I, so I pressed through and it was uncomfortable and I didn't understand, you know, when you're publishing the video, what I'm looking at, but it's all stuff that's how you feel anytime you start doing anything. And, you know, so yeah, so I felt very uncomfortable. I did it in my apartment. I, there was no good place to do it. My, my weights are like in the, in the background. It was yeah. corduroy, better not for you. I don't know, one of, some, one of those, one yeah. of those. And so, yeah. But but uh, but just like anything, the first time I taught a guitar lesson, I was very uncomfortable. And now I just get into that flow where I don't even recognize that I'm speaking to a it's my phone, so, you know, speaking, yeah. speaking to the camera. I'm just doing it just like, you know, your guys don't think about dribbling the basketball. They just dribble the basketball. They don't have to think about that anymore. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that I, I love about as I scroll through the thousand plus videos is that and I wonder how you decide how to do this there's some that are really super beginner basic and there's some that are really kind of expert level and do you ever second guess yourself on on who your audience is or do you just do what feels right because I think you know part of one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is because you've you know, organically built this channel, which, you know, a lot of people are starting to do these days, you know, and I think there's, there's information that, that you have that, that, that can really be helpful for people. But I think one of the things that I think about constantly is who am I talking to? You know, like, like, and this is why, you know, I kind of just went for it with having you on because you don't have a Jamaica connection. You don't have a basketball connection. You know, once in a while I'll get, you know, 
people, I, I had someone else on, I can't remember right now who it was. And, and I got some comment from somebody that was like, well, what does this have to do with Jamaica? And, and I just kind of felt like, you know, if, if I'm doing so something I like on this channel, then the chances are people that are watching are going to like it too. You know, so this is a super long winded way of getting back to my original question is how do you decide how deep down you dig or how kind of basic you keep it? Yeah. So that just like you said, you don't know who you're speaking to. For instance, I'm, I get about 10,000 views a day and I get about 20 comments a day. So yeah, there's 9,980 people watching and I don't know who, I, I don't know who they are. So you can't, yeah. you can't, you can't for one second worry about who you're talking to. And it, it's, it's a shot in the dark, right? So, so to answer your question, I just do whatever I feel like that day, because it doesn't matter what I do. Someone is going to be interested in what I do to varying degrees. And, 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 and I, and, uh, you know, sometimes I want to put out a video that a lot of people are going to like, and sometimes I take joy out of putting a video that almost no one's going to care about, but the people that care about it are going to really care about it. And yeah. it's not, you know, it's not all, it's not about, you know, it's, I mean, how sick are we of like, you won't believe what happened, you know, and then nothing really happens in the video, but they just said that, like, just put out whatever it is. Yeah. If, if you're following your inner whimsy, it's going to be a more interesting video because you're going to be more interested. As you said, you know, you like how passionate I am about it. If I was doing stuff I didn't like, I wouldn't be, there's a gazillion guys putting guitar lessons up, right? And, and, uh, yeah. and I'm just one. And I'm not even a big one as far as it goes. Um, but 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 there's time yet, and that's not the point. The the point is, um, I don't sit there and go, okay, I gotta be really passionate about this one. When I am, I am. And if I choose the subject matter that I that that makes me passionate, then it's just going to happen and it's gonna be a more it's gonna be a more enjoyable experience for everyone, even if you have no idea who's on the other end. And don't listen to that one person who left one comment. You've got you know, however many people who didn't leave a comment and also who cares? It's your party. <laughs> it's your yeah. show. You do whatever you want. It's like, if you don't like a TV show, you don't write NBC and be like, man, that show really sucked. But we have this comment thing, right? Where anyone and you, and what kind of person is the kind of person who's going to leave a negative comment? We don't, we don't care about them anyways. So, so there yeah. you go. Well, let me ask you about, about just logistics of having a YouTube channel. Okay. okay. You've got almost 60,000 subscribers, right? Uh -huh. And um, I suppose there's, are there plateaus of, of income? And I, I'm, I'm not trying to ask you how much you make off your channel, but, but what, like, what do people make with the subscribers? Cause isn't 500, one plateau or a thousand, a plateau. And then you, you kind of move from there. There are no plateaus. You just make between three and five thousand dollars per mi per million views, regard depending on kind of the season. Um, oh, okay, and that's it. Yeah. Okay, because I well I know that a, there's a it's a smaller number obviously to monetize your channel, and I think it's five hundred subscribers or something like that. Then at I that point, it's a thousand and X amount of uh, hours viewed per year. Yeah. Last time so. Do you ever come across like copyright infringement stuff? Yeah, I do. Um, but you don't get in trouble. You just have to share the revenue with the, with the artist. Oh, okay. Yeah. How does that work? 
it just happens magically. They just, the, the, like YouTube just does it. Yeah, YouTube just does it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, not yeah, you yeah. That's all I'll say. Yes, YouTube, YouTube <laughs> just, and it's fine. Yeah. Everything's okay. I think you used to get in trouble, like you know, seven years ago or something for that kind of thing. But that's no longer the way it is because the the magic earballs of the of the computers recognize the song, and then they just funnel the ad revenue as it should be funneled, which, which you know you hope makes it to the artist, but it goes to the publishing company, and then God knows what happens to it. So, what about people that might want to know about the technical? Part of it you have a little studio set up um, You're looking what kind of camera do you use you do your set in the back i use know. my uh, yeah i use my iphone 7 <laughs> camera do you really oh that's cool this is actually this is actually this is an important piece of equipment this is the sure mv88 it plugs right into the phone it's a little condenser mic makes the sound good yeah, um, but there's there's other kinds that you know. But your your phone mic isn't going to be as good as some you know some external mic that's of of decent quality. And then I got these lights here. They're just I, I don't know. Probably spent like a hundred and ten dollars. They're about this big, and there's four. And they've got the you know the reflector. I'm on it right now. It's not ideal yeah. position because I'm on my computer right now. <laughs> so it's up there, but there's one on the ceiling pointing to the back wall. I mean, oh, well, if I did that, we'd be, we'd be all off. But yeah, so that's it. Stage light for 110 bucks, external microphone for 200 bucks. You know, if you're serious, you don't need either of those things. Um, yeah. and, my phone, and my phone that I already have. And that's it. Wow, that's amazing. And then how do you edit? I don't. <laughs> I just, I just really? press the, you know, I'm like, uh, you know. And that's the verse. And then I press stop. And then I press go. And then I go. And the chorus is a C. And that's the chorus. And I press stop. And so it just goes together. And I don't do any editing because editing bores me to tears and I can't stand it. I did a video. <laughs> I did two videos where I had to edit recently. One was my 50,000 uh, subscriber special. And we did a song. And then I taught everyone how to roast coffee beans because I love roasting coffee beans. You can buy. You can buy. Uh, a pound of organic fair trade coffee beans unroasted for about $5 a pound or $4.50 a pound. So I buy these great big bags and you buy four pounds for if you went to Starbucks and got, you know, organic fair trade roasted coffee beans, it would be, you get one pound. But if you buy the green beans, you get four pounds as long as you're willing to roast them yourself. And that's fun anyways, you know, because you get to yeah. make your own coffee. So that's what we did in that one. And man, if that, you know, 14 minute video didn't take me five hours to make because editing is like, oh man, it's no good for me. And and I don't need to for my thing, right? And then the last one was the the day after Christmas, where it's it's our traditional, <laughs> it's our traditional Merry Christmas, Eve, 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 364 times, because that's what day it is. And if if editing me in different spots saying Eve 364 times didn't take also four hours. I'll tell you what. So I only edit twice a year. <laughs> That's amazing because because your videos look edited, you know. Thank you. It's the <laughs> lights. It's the lights and the sound. Lighting yeah. and sound. Lighting and sound is everything. And the transitions are just automatic in iMovie. I use iMovie. I literally, I do as little as. Li That's the other thing. Don't get for anyone and you know and you and your project and anyone on, on YouTube or anything. 
the things you need to do, you'll figure them out. Just start out with the first thing. And and it doesn't matter if the first thing you make sucks because no one's gonna watch it anyways. And that, that's a good thing, right? That's that's yeah. that's that's how we want it. And you'll figure out your thing and your style and don't go on those sites that are like top 10 things you need to do to become a famous YouTuber. And then they all say the same goddamn thing and they lead to you making this diluted thing that's the same as everyone else is doing. I only ever wanted to be my channel, me putting a camera down and uh, as if I was sitting in the room with you, no fancy stuff, just here's what it is. Then that's it. And I've been on all those sites. How, yeah. to, how to build your subscribers, how to make a channel. You know, I've, I've done all of them. Yep. I don't see you as one of those guys that posts a video and then sits by the computer to see how many people have viewed it. Are you? No, I go golfing. <laughs> I post the video and then I go golfing. <laughs> yeah. What, what, which video has your highest uh, clicks or views or however? I think, however I, think I think Daughter is still winning, which makes me really happy, um, you know, because Stone wrote it. And then I think Rooster is catching up real fast, which yeah, I like Rooster, but it's not daughter. <laughs> so that's, yeah. all, that's all I have to say. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your own um, music, because I know you have albums out and your band, you have your own band, and and tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. So Ryan Lent and the Leavers is a concept I had ten ten ish years ago um, when I. I put a lot of this work, man, maybe like 14 years ago. I would put a lot of work into a group with some guys, a collaborative effort, and then the band broke up. And then it was like, oh man, oh God, all that work. And now there's there's nothing we can do with it. Um, and then like break up, young people, the bands break up. What the hell? Just get <laughs> just, <laughs> anything to break up. There's no, uh, yeah. arguing, arguing over percentages of nothing, as my friend likes to say. Um, <laughs> But so then I decided, wait, listen, if it's me and not to say I don't want help from creatively from other people, but when I want it, I'll ask for it. And I'm the boss of the group, which doesn't, you know, which is a creative effort. Inherent in that is, listen, if I'm going to ask you to do something, I'm going to I'm going to pay you for it. Because then it's just really clear the band and the band can never break up because the band is me and whoever I choose. And depending on the track. It's whoever from whenever in my life. And thanks to wonderful technology, I can ask my friend in LA to record. Uh, like our latest song is my friend in New York playing drums, my friend in LA on lead guitar. The bass was recorded by my friend in San Francisco who recorded the bass 10 years ago. I just didn't get around to putting it on the track. So it was, so wow. through, through time and space, <laughs> we put, we put a song together. Um, and so it's who, and, and, and then man, we did a new one with my, dear friend, talented violinist, you know, written by my student who is, was a particularly talented and inspired student named, named Carson. Uh, we just finished and I haven't released yet. So it's just a big jumble of whatever under the catch all of Ryan Lenton believers. And yeah, it's, it's just amazing. You know, it's amazing how you can put things together now with people that are in all corners of the country. Yeah. You know, so they lay, they lay it down and then just what email you email you their their part of it yeah. and you put it together. I, I send I send the I send the the just a, a just a guitar and, and vocal just a scratch to be mixed and replaced later to the to the drummer and then to, and then I get all the pieces together and then I put them all together and then then I yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Jamie Hooper says that you make great music and to follow you on Spotify. So there, there you go for that. Thank you, Jamie. Jamie is one of my, uh, Jamie is my student in Virginia and there's another technology thing I can, I can teach, but I'm in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I can teach Jamie in Virginia just as we can speak. And you're, you know, on the West side. Yeah. And you've bounced around a little the last five years, haven't you? California. Then you were in Pennsylvania and now yeah. Carolina. Am I right about that? Or That's right. I spent my whole, you know, basically adult life in California until three years ago. Um, and we were trying, we, we, my, uh, my partner, Ruthie, who's Ruthie, Kara's a different person. They're speaking right now. They're friends. Yeah. Kara's, yeah. Kara's in Canada, in fact, and we call her my channel mom because she's in charge. <laughs> but uh, and Ruthie's here in the kitchen, so there's that. Um, but uh, uh, right, uh, I spent my whole adult life in California, and we wanted to make it to North Carolina, but we had to. Spending two years in Pennsylvania was a necessary step in that process. So, yeah, I, a little bit, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question for me. Uh, do you ever play music before practice or games to pump up the team? If so, what do you play? I, you know, I think that's a pretty cool question because, um, you know, honestly, I haven't even got to coach this team yet. I was hired about a year and a half ago, and then the COVID thing hit. By the way, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, but uh, so I have yet to, to get this team uh, together for a practice. But it's funny because I'm in Seattle and my sister works for the Seahawks and I'm a Seahawks fan. And, and uh, Pete Carroll is a guy who um, is from pretty much the, his start of, of, of coming to Seattle in 2010. He was known for cranking the music during practice. So people that would go out to practices they had a DJ out there and the vibe was super fun and players loved it. And, and I was kind of always sort of into that myself, but since it had never really been done before, I never broached it. I just kind of went with what had been done in the past, but, but yeah, now to, to, to answer that question, absolutely. We're, we'll have music playing. Uh, before our practices, you know, uh, probably not during, but before and, and what that'll be, it'll probably be player's choice and, and it'll probably be um, stuff that I haven't heard of, <laughs> but it's always a good way to, to keep up to date with what's current. And, and uh, so, yeah, thanks for that question. Um, I wanted to ask you about the COVID thing because you watch your videos and, and I, and maybe I'm wrong, but the ones I've seen, the, you would not know that we're in the middle of a pandemic from your videos. Is that a conscious choice you've you've made to just I have the video be eternal, you know, not dated? Yeah, that's part of it. And the other part of it is, you know, what it's all we hear all day, every goddamn day, you know, part, part of my language. But this is, I would imagine people are sitting down with their guitars because they can't go hang out with their friends, you know, and they know why they can't go hang out with their friends. There is no need to tell them ever again. Uh, thank you for noticing. That is definitely, it's, it's the, you know, the current events has no place in, yeah. Uh, in, yeah. That's one of the things I try to keep in mind too, is not to refer to the day or not to refer to the time of day or 
necessarily current events because like you said, if this thing, you want it to last forever, at least last for the next few years. So people that are tuning into it a month from now can kind of just slide right into it. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you to do a, a, a Bob Marley thing here. Yeah. I gave you warning to that, but I want to, I want to ask you one other thing that I didn't really give you warning on And that was writing songs. Yeah. When you, when you, when, when someone, when songwriters sit down to write a song and I'm asking this question as a crappy beginning to mm -hmm. intermediate guitar player. Sure. How, how do you do it? Do you, <laughs> do you, do you have something in mind or do you, are you just sitting there strumming along and this sounds good with this? And now like, tell me how your process of, of writing a song, if, 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 if it's an easy answer. Yeah. I mean, I could answer this a million different ways. I'll just pick a way. I'll just pick one and a half ways to answer it. Um, when you write a song, the, before you play, before you play anything, the possibilities are endless because there's any, anything could happen. There's 12 notes. There's four beats in a measure. You could play any of 12 notes in each of those four beats, you know, and then chords are combination of notes. So you could play any combination of, of three, four or five notes in each of the, it's endless. There are as many songs to write as there are chess games to play, which is infinity, as I understand it. I've heard people say that. It doesn't make any sense to me. It seems like there are finite chess games, but I hear that it's not the case. They are infinite. Before you play a note, there's infinite possibilities. And this is not just woo-woo, artsy-fartsy. That's just math. There are infinite possibilities before you. As soon as you play a note, you have now nailed down the first thing. That is the first thing, right? And then what happens is when you write a song, you are picking whether you know it or not. And you can see this in Eddie Vedder's writing with the bands that he likes, whether he knows it or not. Um, because obviously I study his, his writing a lot. Um, and that's a pretty, <laughs> and I'm most familiar with, I'll just stop there, with the bands he likes compared to, I don't know that I say, man, that thing that Stone did is a lot like uh, Led Zeppelin because I'm not super duper familiar with Led Zeppelin, so I can't geek out. Yeah. Once you nail down the first thing, what you do, whether you realize it or not, is you go through, well, you don't realize it, but you, you compare all the next possibilities to things that you've heard before, like, don't like, from other songs that you've heard, because nothing is created from a vacuum. Nobody makes a song out of nothing. Oftentimes what'll happen is you'll catch some little thing in a song, some little thing that nobody else would even notice in a song, some part that's not even important and you'll just like it for some reason. And you'll make that little thing in some different way, in a different key, on a different rhythm, in a different order, in some different way, you'll make that some part, some part of your song and once that's another way to down that thing, just like deciding on the first note. And then once you've done that, you have a decision to make. You say, uh, okay, well, here's the first chord. Here's an option. Did I like that? I'll try something else, you know. Yeah, I like that. Okay, that's my second chord. And then you got then you at some point you start singing something. And you're playing a chord, you can only sing so many notes. Love, love, love. I just did that. This is we I, we could write this song right now, me and you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we could totally put words to that, and that could be a great little folky, 
you know, on, on Into the Wild or something song. And, right. And that's that's all I did. I just picked a chord, picked a second one, and sang whatever came to mind because everyone can sing. Whether yeah. you can sing well or not, that doesn't matter. That's not the point. Everyone can sing. And that's how you write a song. Yeah. So what about then, you know, I, Needle in the Damage Done. I saw your video on that. It's one of my favorite songs, Neil Young songs, whatever. Favorite songs generally. Um, you know, all the little noodly doodly parts, as you call them, on, you know, um, between the chords, like, how does that, how does that happen? Obviously, it's Neil Young, and he's a, a master guitar player, but is that kind of just rhythm, or is that trying to fill in between chord changes? You know, yeah. I'm, I don't know if you're, yeah. you're understanding what I'm getting at, but how does yeah. someone do that? Yeah, that's trying to fill in between chord changes. A simple, a simple example would be, you know, then you, then you, well, I, I don't know enough about Neil Young to know if he knows his scales and his keys and so forth. You don't have to yeah. know your scales and your keys to be able to come up with these things. You just have to have yeah. patience to sit down and say, does this sound good? But if you know your scales and your keys, then it's a little quicker of a process. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. You know, so I know um, we could either go from back from our example. We could either go, you know, and then we're just, we're, we're playing uh, last kiss there if we do that, you know, but what if we uh, did, did the first fret instead of the second fret and then that would be a little different. And that was, that was really weird. You know, we might capitalize on that weirdness or we could do it anywhere at all. And that was just me doing my scale like that. There was no intention behind that. I just know that scale. Yeah. Okay. And then you've got me thinking, I, you need to tell me how, how, uh, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, paying you for this lesson, but you need to tell me, uh, how do I, not just me, anyone kind of get over that hump from being able to, like, I know chords, but yeah. how do I how do I advance to 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 be able to to do that finger picking? You just is it just doing scales and or do I got to learn every note on the on the uh, on the neck? Neither yeah. of those two things. My good God, don't ever set out to memorize every note on the neck. And Jesus, Jesus, don't set out to memorize your scales. I, I don't spend any time doing that. Learning yeah. every song you ever wanted to play. If you learn every song you ever, this is my theory on learning anything. But yeah. as, as applied to guitar, if you learn to play every song you ever wanted to play, you will by accident learn how to play guitar. Like, for instance, this stuff is uh, River of Deceit, right? Um, how does that song go? Right? That's River of right. Deceit. So that's where this thing I just did came from. I did it in a different way and in a different arrangement. But if if your guitar teacher sat down and said, "Okay, Coach Turner, now we're going to learn the major scale, and you have to memorize that before you learn how to noodle around," you would never do it. It's boring. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, as I said, you know, I wanted to have you on here to talk about your YouTube channel for one. Um, just kind of geek out on my own fandom of your channel for two. But one of the things that I really appreciate, um, and I think people can get something out of 
you know, is just the, the similarities to coaching and, you know, teaching guitar, you know, and I mean, they're the same teaching and coaching are basically the, the same thing. Right. And, um, what did you find to be, uh, did it come naturally the teaching part of it? Like just cause you, you relate to people and you, you, you have this good personality or, uh, were you trying to find easy ways to make things, you know, workable for people? You know, how was it, where's your teaching style come from? It comes from, I taught somewhere between 30 and 40,000 guitar lessons in the 14 years I was teaching guitar. You figure stuff out really quick. If you, you know, you know what I mean? Like what better way to learn to do something than do it 40 hours a week for 14 years? And I'm talking about 40 hours a week worth of teaching and then the administrative parts of my of my of my music school owning uh, ship ownership yeah. after, after that, um, after or before that. So 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 it's the same. The answer to your question is the same as like um, as, as, you know, the j- the j- the jazz trumpeters who never w- w- they wouldn't take a You know, the guys on the street who just were literally given a trumpet and said, here, play this, you know, mm-hmm. and their job is to entertain. You know, so they so they become very good at playing and entertaining very quickly because they have to. It's they they put themselves in a situation where that's how they eat, right? Um, I put myself in a situation where that's how I that's how I eat, and you figure yeah. out how to be good at it really really quickly. And that and those things that I learned in all of those hours over all those years definitely helped me. You know, talk to the the camera not knowing who I'm talking to. Sometimes I say it in a way that I, I hope I can get everyone to understand. And sometimes I say it in a way that you might have to work at it and you might not get it. But listen, if you work, if you work at playing the guitar for some time and then come back to that video, I'll bet you that you'll get it. Um, so, so it's a, it's a mix of those two things. Also the, you know, Ed Sheeran um, putting himself, he's the street performer turned stadium performer, right? Because he learned how to perform by just going out on the street and busking. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same. It's the same concept, I think. And there and there's no shortcuts. There are right? no it's, shortcuts. You you have to put in the work, and, and it's the same way with with athletics, basketball, with golf. You know, you uh, if you're not putting in the work, it's not happening for you. You can't wish it to happen. No, and you can't get upset when it doesn't. I shot a. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shot two weeks ago. I shot an eighty. No, four weeks ago I shot an eighty. It's a good round. Uh, last this week, I shot 107. Why did I shoot 107? Because I didn't practice in between. Am I allowed to be upset about that? No, I was out there having a nice time. So there's the, well, you know, I, I'm I enjoy your level of whatever it is. The point of doing whatever it is you're doing is to enjoy it, not to get pissed yeah. off that you're not better, right? Yeah. Well, I had an 84 today, and that's pretty good for me. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll, good. I'll take it. So. Yeah, we got. If we're ever in the same county, let's play. Yeah, I'd love to do that. We should play down in Jamaica sometime. I'm there. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Um, So back when I was a kid, my dad made me take piano lessons, and the reason he made me take piano lessons—such a dad thing, right here. He said, "He goes, you're going to thank me someday, son, because you're going to be at a party, and there's going to be a piano there." And you're going to be able to sit down and, and you're going to be the life of the party. And everyone's going to be so happy to, to, to hear you play piano. 
So, you know, and I went to piano lessons and cried every day going, you know, finally my mom said I didn't have to go anymore. I never learned to play piano. And um, so, you know, I never got to experience my dad's promise of being the life of the party. So I started playing guitar, not to be the life of the party, but I thought, well, you know, it might be kind of fun to, to be able to sit around a campfire. You do so many campfire editions of your, of your music. And I'm gonna I'm gonna play a quick video right now uh, that is just I think it's if if it's not many guitar beginning guitar players fears it's it, it's at least mine I'm gonna show you this real quick. Okay. I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. I gave my love a chicken that had no bones. I gave my love a story that had no end. I give. Sorry. That's my that's my fear. Being that that guy at the party, you know, the irritating guy playing playing songs. I don't know. <laughs> I can't I can't protect you from that. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> um okay, so uh Bob Marley. Yeah. Are you much oh, of a sorry. fan or are you, I, I asked you to do this. I don't know whether you're whether you're yeah. No, I did. I, I did the chords too. Um, yeah. who's not, who's, who doesn't enjoy Bob Marley? I enjoy Bob Marley. I don't know when. I don't know his birthday, and I don't have the poster. But I certainly enjoy the heck out of Bob Marley. You, you, you wanted to do Three Little Birds first, right? Yeah. You know, I saw this I'm searching around for Bob Marley covers, right? And I saw uh, Dave Matthews do this, which I thought was pretty cool. I think he's done it at a bunch of shows. And it's it's you know it's a, it's an easy go to. Yeah. You should be able to play this. You can strum it however you want. It doesn't matter. But it's literally just a. Don't worry about a thing. To D, every little thing is gonna be a back to A. And that's it. That's that part. So two A's, one D, and an A. The trick is you have to keep track of which A you're on so you play the right amount of A's. And as you play, you get more of a feel for the first one, the second one, D, and the last A, and then it repeats. That's the chorus, right? The refrain, the thing that it starts on and goes yeah. back to all the time. And then the other, the other part, the verse, we'll call it, is the just a longer string of chords. It's A, E. I don't know well enough to sing along, so this, yeah. this almost sounds like nothing here. But A and D and A, slightly different order. E, D. That's the whole song. Yeah, cool. Three chords and the truth, right, Bono? Three, 
the truth. Now your lively one I worked out. <laughs> that was that yeah. was a weird one. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how this would translate yeah. to uh, so. So my favorite Bob Marley song is "Lively Up Yourself," right? And uh, yeah, and and so uh, when I asked Ryan to come on, I mentioned, uh, well, maybe you could do a Bob Bob Marley lesson just to kind of keep with the Jamaica theme, and and uh, I brought up "Lively Up Yourself," but I don't know how it really translates just to a solo acoustic. Yeah, I mean, I'll show you, and, and this needs some thought. And, and I actually need to refresh my, if you don't mind me, just I'm just gonna play like a second and a half of it. But I had never heard this one before. Um, but uh, bum, I can hear it now. But okay, got it. I didn't yeah. have to do it. I just had to see the picture. Weird. <laughs> okay, so the so this there's the notes and there's the timing of it, and you know, a uh, 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 a concert. Uh, um, you know, a concert flautist, which is a flute player, <laughs> I was earlier today. A concert flautist would poo-poo my my communicating the way I communicate this. Um, but we've got A, C, and D. That's the beginning. And mind you, little things like the D isn't a major, a D major with the E, and it's not a D minor either. It's neither. So we're just gonna leave the baby E string out of it. And we got A, C, D. And then you count to three. One, two, three. D, F, G. And then you only count to one before you go back to A, C, D. And then you count to six before you start again. So putting it all together is one, two, three. A, C, D, one, two, three. D, F, G, one. A, C, D, one, two, three, four, five, six. A, C, D, one, two, three. D, F, one, A, C, D, one. So that's, you know, how you got to think of it until you can feel that one out. I'm never going to be able to feel that one out. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, the, that's the intro with the horns, right? So I don't know. What do you think? How does that translate for you? No, I th it's cool. It's a great song, you know, but it's Bob Marley too. You know, he just has such a unique style and a unique voice and he's the legend, you know? Yeah. So. So no, it's uh, it's it's cool. I, now I, I'll go back. I, I, st I strategically am somewhere where I don't have my guitar, so I wasn't going to be put on the spot to, to play in front of people. But but I, I'm definitely going to kind of mess around with that because yeah. who who knows? I'll be around a campfire at, in, in in Jamaica sometime, and you know I'll I'll play my Bob Marley and hope that that someone in a toga doesn't show up and smash my guitar over my head. I think, you know, it doesn't sound like the way you characterize the Jamaican, uh, the, the <laughs> great Jamaican people earlier. It doesn't sound like that's going to happen. It sounds like they're going to so. fairly passionate about the fact that music is being made. It would be some ugly American that would do it to me. Probably. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do any significance to the Kermits in the background? Yeah. The Kermits is an inside joke with myself. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I had a particularly lovely day at an amusement park when I was, you know, uh, in senior in high school with my best friend, Bill. And uh, we won a lot of Kermits that day, throwing something at something. You know, we just, we won, yeah. you know, the big black garbage bags, the huge ones where you throw your, your construction junk in. That's, yeah. I, I won that many Kermits. <laughs> and, and so the Kermits is just, you know, it just means happy times to me. And times are happy now. But it just, yeah. it, there's Kermit. So perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it. I've kept you longer than than I 
I wanted, not that I wanted to, because I could have talked to you all night, but longer than I wanted you to have to sit here uh, on the on the line and, and talk. And I appreciate it. And I just want you to know how much I just enjoy um, sitting down with Ryan Lent and his videos, and and how often you've been in my family room um, on my uh, on my iPhone as I you know just hammer through you know some. Pearl, mostly it's mostly it's Pearl Jam songs for me that 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 you do, um, and uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you doing this, but just appreciate you in general. And um, hopefully we do get to uh, hook up someday, and we'll we'll play golf and and hash it out, and and uh, I'll have a couple of drinks around a fire. You can play, and I'll sing. <laughs> that sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for all that kindness. And it's really nice to, you know, speaking of, you know, you don't know who's on the other end. It's nice to know yeah. one face anyways on the other end. So thank you for yeah. that. And thank you for having me. And yeah. If, and next time I can do something for you, please don't be shy. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. See ya. Thank you. Awesome. Bye. All right. Later. Yeah. All right. That's Ryan Lent. And as my typical YouTube video goes my light is running out and um so i've got to get this figured out but want to thank him for doing that I, I have enjoyed his work for a long time and and uh check it out he's uh, subscribed to his youtube channel it's it's very simple ryan lent l-e-n-d-t and uh check out his videos uh give a subscribe and uh his original music uh, as well on spotify and uh just appreciate him jumping on for the hour and talking music and talking about uh, YouTube and, and, and all that great stuff. So um, that's awesome. Wanna thank you for watching and wanna remind you about what we're doing and uh, what we're trying to do through creating awareness of this project is truthfully uh, raise money to make this team go. We need about $80,000 per year to field the national team, but we also want to grow the sport and, and we have uh, some really great ideas for youth basketball in the country that are going to create opportunities for kids. And so many of you that have uh, participated in athletics yourself know the benefits that can be gained from um, organized athletics and all the things that it teaches and, and we want to, um, to grow the sport of basketball in Jamaica. So not only is it um, feeding the national program, but it's also creating opportunities for kids. And there's so many different ways that you can do it. Um, you can jump on our website at uh, jamaicabasketball.org, uh, make a donation there. Uh, we're also uh, have a PayPal. Uh, what is that called? Uh, where did I put that? That is uh, paypal.me slash jamaicabasketball. Um, Venmo is at Jamaica hyphen basketball and we're sort of looking for various levels of donations so um, we're looking for 10,000 people that can donate uh, just twenty dollars and 24 cents we're hoping that a thousand people can uh, jump on and donate two hundred two dollars and forty cents or just a hundred people that can donate two thousand and twenty four dollars all in the theme of Paris 2024. So, um, yeah, you can reach out to me personally also to um, either rick at basketball.org and um, 
or through Instagram or, or Facebook and, and uh, just can't do it without your help. And I think uh, if, we, if we get this thing, um, if we get together, it, it can happen. So appreciate it. Again, thanks to Ryan. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Jamaica Basketball Project. Thank you.